Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Eagleburg Church Leadership Podcast. My name is John Alexander. I'm here with Don Grafham. And Don, everyone is dying to know. Oh, boy. Me at the top of the list. How are you doing right now? <laughs> oh, John, I am fired <laughs> up, but especially because of our guest today. So I, as much as I'm tempted to spend time talking about the bears or birds or White Castle, <laughs> let's just... Get past that. Just Let's just on. dive right in. How okay, are you good. doing? I'm doing great, actually. Yeah. I'm doing great. I just celebrated a birthday. I'm I'm feeling I'm that's feeling true. really good. You look a little older. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. I don't think that's very kind. But anyways, <laughs> uh, we're so excited today because we have a special guest, Kathleen Edelman. Kathleen has been a communication coach and temperament expert for over 30 years. She's worked with all kinds of people, including our staff, with one goal in mind to help people understand each other. Her material has affected our entire organization in extremely positive ways. We often ask each other, and you're going to understand what this means soon, but we often go around and ask each other, what's your color again? Mm-hmm. And I know I'm green, mm-hmm. which, Kathleen, I just want you to publicly affirm this oh, is yeah. most like Jesus, <laughs> well, right? Uh, <laughs> and, and all the temperaments are important. One is not better but than the other. most That's like good. Jesus? What color? Okay, it's not most like Jesus. <laughs> oh man! The outward. I made a statement a I couple years ago. I've been using this for the last couple of years. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay to retract it. <laughs> yeah, that, we'd well, all appreciate the it. The outward of Jesus' appearance when he walked the earth seemed to be green. Mm, Thank you. No. But Thank I'm you. sorry, but it's, you know, he was very well, calm and cool. Well, we did not cool. plan that. Yeah. I thought you were just going to affirm that yeah, green no. is Jesus. But anyways, I'm a green. Don is a yellow, red. And because we know about uh, that about each other, it's actually greatly impacted our own relationship in really positive ways. And I would say that's been true of all of our staff, which is, again, why we're so excited to have Kathleen on today. So, Kathleen, we are going to turn it to you. Not, we don't need to talk about how Jesus was okay. a green and John's like oh, Jesus. Boy. We can talk about that later. Uh, but Kathleen, tell us a little bit about temperaments. I would love to tell you about temperaments because temperaments is not personality. And that's our first statement. Temperaments is the combination of mental, physical, and emotional traits of a person. It's their natural predisposition. So the concept of temperaments has been around 2,000 years. It's rooted in the psychology of Hippocrates. And Hippocrates studied how people naturally responded to different situations and how they fell into these four categories, which were then named after the humor or fluid of the body. So you have sanguine, choleric, phlegmatic, and melancholy. Now, we don't use those names really anymore. I've matched them with colors so they're easier to identify. So the sanguine is yellow, the choleric is red, the phlegmatic is green, and the melancholy is blue. So what you find with this is all the personality assessments that are around like Myers-Briggs or Right Path or Enneagram, a lot of these have spun off temperament work. So once you, if you could study and master temperament, it will make all these tools more workable. All right. Well, Kathleen, this is a leadership podcast. So we are really going to look at these temperaments through the lens of leaders. So maybe even just before you get into the four personality types, why would you say this is so important for leaders to know about? Mm -hmm. Well, if you're a leader, your temperament has everything to do with how you lead and then the people you lead. How do they experience you? So Understanding the temperament's strengths and weaknesses as a leader will ultimately determine everything in the team chemistry. 
So it's going to affect productivity. It's going to affect trust among the teammates. It's going to affect vulnerability, right? Um, Even putting people in the right categories. So temperament determines every word we say, every word we hear, and the words and behaviors we value in our employees. So your temperament shows up in every conversation. It's going to show up in every email. It's going to show up in every team meeting, every conference call. Mm. And again, until we know what our temperament is and we can identify another person, we're missing a lot of opportunity to build people up according to their needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's going to have a huge impact on how we lead and how we interact with others. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So talk about how that plays out at work with each color. With work, you're going to have to know each temperament. So you're going to have to know what a sanguine, for example, a sanguine leader, a yellow leader looks like, and then how to lead a yellow. Mm -hmm. So for extroverted, a, a yellow is an extroverted person. So they speak before they think. They prioritize people. So their strengths in an office would be like they're the office optimist. Um, They're able to see the best in people and circumstances first. That's what they're uniquely wired to do. They're inspiring and encouraging people towards action. But in their weakness in a leader or in a teammate role or even in a leadership role is they can be the attention magnet. Um, They thrive on attention from others. They use charm and jokes and storytelling to stay in the limelight, Um, sometimes even to another's expense. So when it comes to yellows in the office, what matters most to them is that everybody's having fun and there's there's some kind of connection. What do you think, Don? Does that sound like somebody you know? uh, Pretty close. Yeah. I mean, even as you're just saying that, I mean, here here is one of my faults is interviewing people. Mm -hmm. I'm not always very good at that because I always think they can do the job. Mm-hmm. Like I typically, <laughs> I typically come out of most interviews saying they can do it. You know, mm-hmm. like I believe in that person. Yeah. And so I do need other people that will compliment that. that and come along <laughs> yeah. the other side of it. Now here's, here's one of my questions that I have about even just temperament and maybe just because I think about it as I've learned more about this personality type, this temperament. Temperament, yeah. Yeah, is... Sometimes when you explain that, I would not say that I'm the jokester, mm-hmm. necessarily need to be the center point of attention. Uh, and, and my yellow is not huge. Mm-hmm. It scored 17 on yep. there, you know, which is lower. Uh, and so how, how do I relate to those that sometimes when you draw out the example, it's like, well, that's not exactly me. I'm mm-hmm. not all that. Although I do score yellow, I'm not all that yellow. Yes. What do I do with that when I can't quite relate with all the examples mm-hmm. you're laying Well, out? remember, you're wired for all the strengths and weaknesses of a yellow. Yeah. Where we really want to focus on what separates me from personality is the innate needs, okay? So innate needs are in the book on page 66, the I said this, you heard that book, and that really is the game changer when yeah. you're talking about temperament. But you're, there could be somebody, like again, the videos for the book, those people were so pure in their dominant temperament. And when I teach, I teach about the purity of the temperament. So when you're relating and you're 50-50 and you're dominant and secondary, um, you're wired for all of them, but God isn't going to use all of the strengths that he might use for somebody who's very dominant yellow. Mm, And there's also, what also you said was, you know, you don't want to be center of attention. That's where those innate needs come in. Because one of your innate needs is attention for yellow, but in 30 years, the definition for that 
I've heard in my office is to have full focus, especially eye contact. It, nobody is saying, I want to be center stage. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So we have to understand what the innate need truly is for the yellow. Because in their strengths, they're so magnetic, sometimes they appear that they want to be center stage. It's kind of like the red that appears like they want to be in charge. But we really have to understand that temperament to the core. Yeah. Just to speak to that and affirm mm-hmm. you, Don is very funny. He's always optimistic. You mm-hmm. know, we have all kinds of challenges that we face together. And he, at the end of a conversation, said, yeah, we'll figure it out. We eat mm-hmm. problems for breakfast. Uh-huh. You know, we, we'll go and do it. <laughs> and the other thing is, I will say about attention, I don't think you need to be center of attention either, but he gets interrupted a lot in his office. Mm-hmm. It's probably largely inappropriate and people need to give him some privacy and space. But people knock on his door, me included, barge in, and he will stop what he's doing Mm -hmm. to directly connect. Mm -hmm. I mean, every time he will stop that email, I'm more like, okay, I got to keep going here, you know, move on. But Don just stops what he's doing and makes eye contact and he addresses the person and interrupts him. Which is is how he's wired. It's not how you're wired. And I'm blue and it's not how I... So when somebody interrupts us, we're not as gracious as a yellow (laughs) who's willing to listen to the story. Let's do it. Come on, tell me about your weekend where you and I are like, well, now I got to start over. Yes, exactly. All right, let's let's talk about Let's talk about the reds. The red is a task-oriented extrovert. They think before speaking or excuse me, they speak before thinking, and they focus on tasks more. You know, this is a person that's a visionary. Nobody can see a vision like a red. They can see from A to B, no problem. They're able to see the finish line and all the steps and decisions that needs to take to get there. In their weakness, though, they can be the office bully, making all the decision, being intolerant of mistakes, tears and emotions, uh uh-uh, um, and they can, they're not necessarily aware of what they're leaving in the wake of some of their leadership. So cholerics care about one thing. They care about getting things done. And it's critical for them to have everybody pulling their weight and following the plan and see to them that sense of control. They don't want to necessarily be in control. control. A healthy red wants you pulling your weight and doing your own thing, yeah, right? Yeah. But they're also wanting to delegate and to lift you up to do that. It's just though, if they walk into a room that's not doing that, they're the first to step in and take charge. Someone has to be in control. Somebody, <laughs> they're it, looking at it and they're going to fix it. If it's not them, but just someone has to lead this thing. Mm-hmm. They can't let it just right. be loose. And that's, see, it, the red part of you, they can't <laughs> yeah. let it, right? right. Mm-hmm. And that's where they talk before they think, because sometimes that frustration or anger just comes flying out. Yeah. Like, what the heck's happening? You know, why isn't anybody doing? And that's where, you know, s- sometimes they're, they leave some bodies in their path. Now, mm-hmm. I mentioned I'm a green. Reds can be frustrating for me to lead. In some ways, they're very refreshing, mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, you made the decision. I'm good with that. Let's <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah. But they're frustrating to me and. Numerous ways, but yeah. one way is they can see the answer. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, how do you see all the mm-hmm. steps? Now, I have some strategic ability. I think I can see some, you know, I've got some vision, but they get there so quickly. That's yep. frustrating to see. And if they don't dial that back and like yep. walk you through it, mm-hmm. um, yeah, why, why is that well, hard for me as a green to well, learn? <laughs> Other well, than what I'm all, saying. <laughs> first of all, because you're not a visionary, okay, and you want to process things as a green. A red, their motto is, I'm right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of a short motto. Um, yeah. and, I ha- and I am saying this on your show to all the listeners. 
Reds are usually right. Uh, I mean, they, I'm sorry. Are, I am no. sorry, but go Reds. <laughs> yes. And because I have their back, yeah. they are usually right. What we have to work with Reds on is understanding that there, there's other ways to be right. And how I do that is I do this two plus two rule. Okay. So, John, what's two plus two? Four. Well, what's one plus three, Don? Uh, four. And I'll ask myself, what's zero plus four? And did we all get to the right answer? So this is what I want. I teach Reds. Yes, you're absolutely right, but there's also a couple other ways to be right. So if you will open and be curious to find out, hey, how did that happen? You get more knowledge, which is what? More power, right? So your frustration comes from the point that they are usually right. And when a Red has a bottom line, this is one of their weaknesses is they don't necessarily take you through the thought process. Right. They just walk in and say, this is what we're doing. Yes. Yep. Now that we know this about reds, they want you to know that they've thought about it. Yeah. So you may have to ask your red leader or somebody on your team, hey, could you just walk me through the points? Because that's an Show excellent idea. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's an excellent idea. Yep. I can see how that would work. Yep. Um, bring me up to speed on how you got there. I'm so impressed. I really admire that. Again, you have to still use the words that they can hear that build them up, not just, how'd you do that? Yeah. Then they're going to think you're questioning them. Yeah. So Good. it's putting into that, hey, I admire how you got there. Show me how, you, I wouldn't have even done it that way. Tell me how you got there. Yeah. And a red will absolutely dial it back and tell you because they'll be happy to tell you. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they That's love good. telling you. Right? Yep. How about the blues? The blues. This is a task-oriented introvert. These are processing people. So they think before they talk, but they prioritize tasks. So in their strengths, this is a thoughtful analyzer. They're able to identify obstacles and really the most creative problem solver on your team. And for a leader, fantastic for interpersonal relationships. In the weakness, they can be very judgmental. Um, they can assume the worst in situations and people. They're critical. They're unforgiving. So this is a this can be a very um, this is a very reserved and private person that wants to be included. So it sometimes is an awkward place to be if you're a blue leader. Is where exactly do you fit? Right? Because you try to be relational, but yet you're only relational to be productive. <laughs> And you're task-oriented, so you kind of struggle with that. Um, but once they, there's nobody that's going to know more about you in the detail of the work to be done than the blues out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a blue can kind of push my yellow buttons the most. Because? Because as a yellow, I again think all things are possible. Mm-hmm. And a blue yes. is quick <laughs> to say, here's why that can't work. Yes. Often feels like the party pooper. Yes, yeah. Um, and I know that's a tough place for the blue because yeah. they say, I'm just being a realist. Yes. I think, well, you're being a pessimist. Yes. You know, so how do you balance that out where you, where I lead a blue to yeah. strengthen them and speak their language so that I'm not saying, no, no, you're just the party Did pooper. Did you just call P- Kathleen a party pooper? Oh, yeah. she's yeah. a blue. She's, she's, she's a, just yeah. a pessimistic. Okay. Our, our, I'm sure she's never heard that before. Yeah. You know what I've heard. <laughs> and again, probably, and you make fun of that, but pro- the, one of the reasons... I changed the wording for blues is because of that exact wording you just Mm. said. It's, I grew up hearing, why are you always pointing out the negatives? Okay, 
I do not see it as pointing out the negatives. I'm anticipating the obstacles. Yeah, I think that's so true. again, when you, I, I would think if it's a healthy blue, you won't hear that you can't do it that way. You'll hear that way will be harder. Or did you anticipate this happening? Or did you see this obstacle? That's what you're going to hear from a healthy blue because they're not sure you saw what's going to keep you from success. And that's where you want to talk to your person and say, explain that a little bit more. So if you're looking at the best in me, I want you to be successful. I want you to make it to the party. But did you realize the parking is over, you know, flowing, right? So because I saw it and I know it, right? Do you see? So it's looking at it totally different and just being careful, being more intentional with all our words, Mm -hmm. right? Well, and one way I've learned how to speak to blues is to show my work. You know, like, oh, I do realize the parking could be tricky and it Mm -hmm. might cost this much. Mm -hmm. But if we account for that and figure, you know, plan for that, I think we'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay. At least you Mm -hmm. thought through all the potential pitfalls. Exactly. As long as I thought. And again, that's where sensitivity comes. Now you understand me. Yeah. I just want you to get there and be able to get it. Yeah, you know, I fail at that. I fail at that most times. Yeah, just so you know. But I, I'm learning. That <laughs> that's, that's why Kathleen is here. I know. I you. need all the yes. help, John. I think learning about blues today. You did a staff teaching today, mm-hmm. and it was so insightful. I have a blue on my team, and she is wonderful in so many ways. And we missed each other at times, but some of the things you said today for both of us, by mm-hmm. the way, was really. We went to each other after, and like she said, "Did you hear what Kathleen said? I, I'm a blue." Did, yeah. She texted me once, like, "Hey, thanks for being a safe." place to process mm-hmm. safety exactly. safety like number safety one. you need to feel sa- like that yeah. was just such an interesting concept mm-hmm. but hearing you talk about blues was so insightful yeah. so good let's finish up with greens okay. here mm-hmm. so the green this is a i love this this is a people oriented introvert which most people would be like hmm can that even be yes that can be because they think before speaking They're a processor, but they prioritize people over everything else. So this is a great leader of people, okay? In their strengths, they're kind, they're the kind diplomat, they're able to steer people and projects towards compromise and ensuring everybody feels heard and understood. In their weakness, they're the unenthusiastic procrastinator. This is, they lack sense of urgency, they rarely speak up. They can struggle with indecision. So phlegmatic employees um, are often described as kind and patient and tolerant, but occasionally stubborn. What matters most to them is harmony and everybody in the office getting along. So, you know, again, John... How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds a lot like Jesus. Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. It does. I mean, honestly, (laughs) the more I've dug into this, and last time you were here a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. you really opened my eyes to how... how confident I am in this assessment that I am a green. Yes. And the more I, you know, read about this, hear about it, it's like, oh, that's me. Even today during your teaching with our staff this morning, my wife was texting me, that's you. That's you. It's amazing how much that's you. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm curious about the, and this is a personal question. Can we call this a personal counseling session? Sure. Pretty sure. much for both of us. <laughs> Where does that occasionally stubborn thing come out? And occasionally is such a, I mean, I know you choose your words very carefully, yes. obviously, that's your field, but occasionally stubborn. That is me, but yeah. just sometimes. Why? Well, why? okay. And <laughs> I put that because one of the things you want to be with greens is kind in their critic when you're criticizing them. 
when really um, greens are the most stubborn temperament on the chart. Now the truth comes out. Now the truth comes out. Occasionally was a gift to you, but really that's almost why sometimes the reds and the greens get confused, believe it or not, because the greens are so incredibly stubborn, and if you push them, their heels are going to go in deeper, and they're going to move slower. A red is very strong-willed. That's two different things. Tell them mm. about the when we first took this test. <laughs> yeah, about this. well, I, I disagreed with John that he's green because initially, uh, I don't know. I still I, <laughs> no. I, I'm coming along. Yeah. Uh, the more you explain it, the more I come along with yeah. it. Because uh, John is pretty direct. He mm-hmm. is willing to speak up in meetings. You know. So mm-hmm. again, he's he doesn't represent the pure green. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm learning mm-hmm. is is John's not a pure green, but. It, but I also didn't realize when you are uh, stubborn or strong, I would have thought that's red. Like my yeah. first guess would have been John's red. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you tell me all the time what I should do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Well, I do that to him some. Yeah. And he says I that look I, up to him. I mean, he's a mentor of mine. He's fan, but I sometimes do get pretty direct with this yeah. yellow red over yeah. here. Yeah. He, says I, he says I bring out the red in him. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So this let me. Great. Yeah. So yeah. Let me hash this out for this couple sitting in front of me. Um, okay. So here's what here's what I want you to know, John. You are a, what I would call a healthy green. What I have to work with with greens in my office is advocating for themselves. Okay. If you're already advocating for yourself because you have an opinion or idea, good for you. That's showing, that's, you're learning to fill your own need for respect, which is an innate need that means to be asked for their opinion or idea. So Jesus was the strengths of all of them. (laughs) I want everybody to be so functioning out of their strengths that we become unsure of what color they are. Do you see what I'm saying? Jesus was a strength. What color is he, right? And then you're talking about the red in you, a healthy red. I've had people come in and go, I don't think Brent's red. You know, and I'll be like, why? Well, he listened so well and he really lifted me up (laughs) and he was so understanding. (laughs) Well, he's a healthy red. Yes. Do you see what I'm saying? So the healthy we, the healthier we become in our temperament, the more it looks like the other temperament. And that's, that's what our goal is. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's. I mean, I hope that's an aha moment yeah. for you. That you know, instead of pointing out, oh, he must be red because mm-hmm. of his weakness, or weakness. he must be on yes. his strength. No, let's look at. Oh my gosh, yes. you're a healthy green, or you're a healthy red. Yep, you're right. That's great. Yeah. Hey, we already talked a little bit about our own tension we've worked <laughs> through. So maybe it's just diving in a little bit deeper yeah. to this. But where do you see tension in the workplace? There's a lot of people who work at churches or work at um, in businesses, organizations where there is tension. And what does that have to do with temperaments and leadership? Well, exactly what you guys just did. When you're butting up against another temperament that you do not speak their language or you do not understand their innate needs, there's going to be conflict. Because you speak, you speak green, John, and I hear blue. And I speak blue and you hear green. We've got to get rid of that gray area. I don't have to become green, but I do have to start doing what I call paradigm shifting. And I have to look through a green lens so that I can speak to you in a way that's going to leave you under, knowing that I understand you and I love you better. Yeah. Right? So, like, for greens, I know they often wonder why in a, in a leadership 
way, like, why is everything so urgent? Like, yeah. Why are people always so impatient? And I can Does speak that to that. I've got a, uh, well, a lot of my peers are red mm-hmm. uh, on the leadership team, but yeah. uh, Gary Pishka, we've talked about this quite openly with each other, how mm-hmm. much the Timbermans has helped us. Because when she said something, mm-hmm. it was like, I'm going to go do it. The decision's been made. And she it's not like she was demanding, but no. that's the way she spoke. That's right. Well, I was hearing, that sounds like a good idea. Why don't I go check with you know a dozen other people <laughs> to see what they think about it? <laughs> and so we were leaving those meetings thinking different things. Mm-hmm. And we've had to work really hard. And we yeah. honestly will say to each other, and this is, again, another plug for this resource. We'll say, yep, I hear you. I know as a red, you th- you <laughs> you're communicating one thing. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, I'm receiving it. Where are we missing each other here? Yes, and it's been a game changer. Yes. for our work relationship, yeah. just a game changer. I'm telling so. you, if you could just learn, I know I say just learn. The reason <laughs> I'm fluent in the temperaments, and believe me, I am not a rocket scientist, but I talk about the temperaments every day for 30 years. You're going to be fluent in any language if you use it every day for 30 years. So just listening to understand a different language and then applying it, applying it, applying it, applying it, applying, you're going to become fluent. And pretty soon that red that's sitting in front of you, you're just going to speak red to them without even realizing it. Because she's sitting across from the table feeling frustrated you know, by you and other employees who don't seem to match their effort. Yes. You know? She's she's putting in the effort. Why isn't anybody working like she's working? Yeah. Right? That's yep. attention she's gonna feel. Yeah. Um, the yellows are gonna feel or get easily discouraged by colleagues who are always pointing out problems. And always their first, you know, thing out of the gate is, oh, it's raining and cold today. <laughs> and oh my gosh, the building's so because the yellows work off what I call an experience factor. So if you say something, oh, it's raining, click, their experience factor goes down. And it keeps click, it goes down again. If you're like, oh, you got this isn't going to work, click, mm. right? Oh, I and, love a good experience. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, it's true, though. It is true. It's it, all about adventure and yeah. experience. John and I were just in Phoenix, and I was like, let's stay a couple of days and yeah. go to Grand Canyon. Extra John. days. Extra yeah. days. Are you that's kidding? Exactly. Come on. You wanted to come home and chill. <laughs> and that's exactly yeah. right. That's yeah. exactly what he said is I want to get home to my family. Yeah. I'm like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm well, often counting down yeah. the hours until the trip's over in my yeah. head. I yeah. mean, that's crazy. I'm, I'm having a great time because uh, I'm, you know, hey, around people. I, do, I take a step further to you. I go, tomorrow at this time, yeah. I will be oh, yes. man. reading yeah. a book yes. on my deck. Yes, you know? exactly. So, but did I leave anybody out? Oh, the blues. You know, the tension's going to be that that they don't understand that I've already dialed out my day. So I feel tension or blue leaders or colleagues feel tension when somebody takes something off their plate or puts it on their plate without their knowledge. That can send a blue into a tailspin. So it's just that adaptability. So understanding and working with the you know innate wiring of the person is going to help you give grace to them. And um, learn to appreciate each other's strengths, you know, especially the ones that are different than you. Mm, this is so. so good. All right, keep going into the practical application. Yes. How can leaders lead differently or maybe even more effectively by knowing the temperaments? Okay, so first of all, I've, you have to know them, but there's such easy, just some do's and don'ts, some what to say and say. So for example, for the, ye- for the yellows out there, for the yellow employees, be positive, Make eye contact, promote creativity, allow verbal expression. These people think and talk in stories. 
I'm going to ask you to stay away from being too serious, demanding perfection, consuming their time, or like I just said, starting with a negative. That can put their whole day into a tailspin, right? That's true. Um, For the Reds, speak logically, be direct, promote their intelligence. They want to be part of the decision-making. Try to stay away from lecturing them, being too emotional, too authoritative, and especially embarrassing a Red in front of their peers or their friends. That's like a death wish Mm. for a Red. Um, For Blues, um, give them all the details. Help them feel secure. Be sincere, right? Here's what you want to stay away from. Help making them feel guilty, expecting spontaneity, demanding perfection. I mean, these people already have such a high, you know, perfection rate anyway. You're never going to beat that. So that. And then promote their creativity is part of another thing I'd like you to do for the blues. For the green, be kind in your criticism. Listen quietly, promote involvement, and accept their individuality. This is a person that works on their own time frame, really. Um, And stay away from mistaking their time frame or their movement for being lazy. Um, Expect interaction or demand conformity or make lots of changes, especially a lot of quick changes without them being part part of the decision or at the table. Um, will not fare well for a green employee. So just those things to start for the yeah. leaders would be fabulous. Yeah, no, those are great things. I love I love how you keep talking about being curious too mm-hmm. and having that awareness, being curious, listening, pausing, making sure that you're taking in their their temperament as yeah. you lead through. So. I do not think you can do it, honestly, without pausing, without listening to understand most people listen to reply. So we have to train ourselves to listen to understand. And then most adults I know are not trying to be unkind with their words. They're just not trying not to. So I want words to be intentional. Am I saying a word that's going to build that person up according to their needs and benefit all who listen? The words you use are the words you choose. Choose them wisely, mm-hmm. right? That's awesome. Hey, just real quickly, when can people use this information the wrong way? You mm-hmm. know, if you club somebody with the, that's, you're writing on me, mm-hmm. or is that okay to say? I mean, you know, to call out the, the temperaments in that way that you're, and when, is, when does it go too far? When are you using it in the wrong way? Well, first of all, it would be an absolute loss to me if anybody used their temperament as a weapon right. or as an excuse. That's a no-no in the Kathleen world. Also, it's a, uh, I very am about not wanting to label people, but you'll find the more you do temperaments, you're going to find yourself designed a certain way by God. He, he has designed you. It's not a defect, right? It's a design. And so what we have to be careful of is when you're talking to another person, I don't want, I, it would be a loss if somebody said, oh, you know, John, he's so kind, he's green. Oh, Don's a good leader, he's red. Okay, no, no, no. Everybody can be kind. Everybody can be a good leader. Everybody can be funny, right? But they're going to do it for the core of the temperament. So if somebody is very much in their temperament, even if it's weak, we still have to be careful with our words. 
So if somebody is being too red or an unhealthy red, you may have to say to them, I I know you didn't mean it that way. Could you please say that differently? Or can I have some time to think about that? Because the way you said it hasn't landed on me quite the way I think you intended it to. But we never want to shame somebody else's temperament, ever, ever, ever. Just say, like, why aren't you more like me? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -mm. you know, I've seen marriages break up because of that statement, Mm -hmm. you know. So what about saying like you're you're saying that with all your red right mm -hmm. now? Is that okay to say like I'm I'm assessing that or you're being green, make a decision. Yeah. You know, see no, because now you're shaming them that indecisiveness is right, you know, a bad thing. They're Mm -hmm. wired to be indecisive. Mm -hmm. There have you given them enough time to process? Mm -hmm. So this goes into a really very important communication tool that I think everybody should know. We have to validate, compliment, then speak the person's language. Mm-hmm. So when you're when somebody's being, let's say John's being indecisive on something, you want to validate and say, listen, I can see you're frustrated about this decision or you're concerned about the decision, and I know you need processing. You usually come up with really good ideas. Is this something you want input on? And as a green, John's going to say, no. If he doesn't, if he doesn't really care, is not interested, mm-hmm. a green's going to go, yeah, no, I'm good with whatever. Mm-hmm. If he does have an opinion, he'll say, yeah, you know what? I am frustrated with this. Give me a day to think about it, and I'll let you know tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay? He has to also advocate for himself, like we said. So his yes has to be yes and his no, no. And you have to be okay with it. But do you see the different approach that I just used versus you? Right. Right? Yeah. So we want to, again, every word out of our mouth has to be a gift to the person we're speaking to. We have to honor who God designed them to be. Like, I would never walk up to you and go, hey, dial it back a couple, buddy. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, I just, <laughs> you know, Don't say that. I could, I would say, gosh, I really admire your passion about this. You seem like you've really seen the vision of where you want this to go. Would you mind just going over how you got there? I'm really interested. Yeah, but he suggested so many times to go to the Grand Canyon. Yeah, I just <laughs> want to go home. So, anyways, well, I just told him your no means no, <laughs> yeah. right? What if it's just fun to push his buttons? <laughs> yeah, well, that's where I kind of have to step out. Oh, I see. Yeah, whole other uh, issue. That's another whole thing. Hey, this has been such a great conversation, mm-hmm. and we don't have a ton of time to unpack this. But yeah. you just came out with a brand new resource for mm. parents. Yes, called a Grown Ups Guide to Kids Wiring: How Do Temperaments Help Our Parenting? It will change your parenting. Go buy the book. Go buy the book. I mean, I'm not kidding you. One of the biggest things, it doesn't matter where I'm talking, whether it's a church or a secular company, 9.5% of the questions I get are parenting. It's I'll be in a corporate setting, and these people will come up and ask me parenting questions, which I love, because can you imagine a world where your children knew their temperaments? And then their children grew up knowing how God designed them. I mean, it almost gives me goosebumps. But it will change parenting for you to be able to know how God designed them, speak to them in a way that builds them up in that so they know how to function in their strengths, and then do exactly the career they're meant to do. They're going to date differently. They're going to pick colleges differently. I mean— you're going to punish and discipline differently. The whole, it changes everything. And I feel confident with this book coming out now because I've done this longer than my, my two children have been alive. 
So I've seen two children that have been immersed in temperaments yeah. and the benefits of it. And I, now I want to share that with any, everybody. Yeah. So this book's fantastic. We yes. talked to 32 kids. I mean, it's 400 pages. It's like a study and a reference guide. There's free YouTube videos. I mean, it's very accessible. Both my wife and I have read it and um, just really enjoyed it. Now you keep it as a reference. I mean, it's yeah, like absolutely. it sits on your you know side table so yeah. you can pick it up and think about how you're going to respond. And it's changed the conversation of how we're parenting our kids. Mm-hmm. And we've only had the resource for a couple of weeks. So yeah. mm-hmm. anyways. It's same, thing, same thing for us. We actually went through it while we were on a road trip together. Oh, all nice. took the, Thank you. the assessment and then all talked about it and then had almost a sobering moment of some confession of, I've said those, because you even have phrases like, don't say these to your yes, kid. Yeah. And we're like, we've said well, those Well, your kids things. are also for context older, 21 yeah. and 18, That's right? Right? Yep. right? So there was almost some moments of, you shared this like regret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why did we say that yeah. to our Why son didn't we know guy? this earlier? <laughs> well, and you, you know, written it a, yeah, like 10 years I was, ago. Yeah, I know. Yeah. When I was 10. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I get that question all the time. And this is honestly my answer every single time. I believe God's the God of perfect timing and order. So I think your listeners, when they pick up the book, is exactly when they're going to be able to receive it. They cannot receive it before God's made their heart prepared to receive it, right? Mm, So you received it for your children and they heard it when they were supposed to hear it. Yeah. I mean, I truly, honestly believe that with all my heart. Yeah, that's so good. Well, I know we need to land the plane here, but just want to say thank you. Thanks for uh, meeting with us today. And uh, I, I think you might know this, that we give your book to every new employee. It's oh, sitting, wonderful. I, I said this, you heard that, that book? Yeah. Oh, so wonderful. it's sitting on their desk as soon as they show up and oh, we expect them to take it. And then Yay. it's a it's a language that we've adopted. And if you're a leader listening, I just couldn't recommend it highly enough because it is something that we now talk about in different meetings. And when we're interacting with somebody, mm-hmm. even when we're hiring somebody, we think, oh, that's a red personality, a green personality. It might fit the team. Mm-hmm. And so this has just been really a game changer for us. So yeah, thank, thank you. you for your work. If, if somebody were just kind of picking this stuff up for the first time, where would you suggest they they dive in? Something uh, to read, listen to? Listen, I would dive into, I said this, you heard yeah. that. I mean, that is so, it was created to be the 1.0, to give you all the foundation you need to get started, to start applying this. It's, 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 the stair step is you accept your temperament, you're aware of it, in that awareness, you become aware of others, then you apply it, and then you become authentic. And what separates me from everything else is, is mine as the other approach. It's the it's through the eyes of Ephesians 4.29. So it's no unwholesome words, only what builds others up according to their needs and benefit all who listen. So it's other person approach. Th- Temperaments through the framework of Ephesians 4.29 is a great place to start. Mm, that's great. That's awesome. Great. Well, thanks again, Kathleen. We've You're just uh, so enjoyed you and you've taught us so much and we're still learning a bunch. So that's all we got for this month's episode of the Eagleburg Church Leadership Podcast. We just really believe when leaders get better, the church gets better and we're getting better in our communication. Uh, so we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us.